You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. Welcome to the Roof English Podcast. I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your company. Monday, which almost always means an episode of The Week in Iceland, and it does today. And my guest is someone making a return visit to the Roof English Podcast service. It's Colbane Dalrymple. Colbane, thanks very much for your time. Oh, thanks for having me. Once again, great to have you on the show today. I, I don't know if we really talked last time, did we, about your your journey to Iceland and your, your life here. You had, of course, been a guest on the podcast with my predecessor, Alex, I think, a couple of times. Yes, uh, I did. As well. Your life in Iceland, your journey to Iceland. Let's, let's briefly talk about that. Uh, well, I originally came to study and then I met my husband and, you know, that old story. Yes. Well, it, it's so common, isn't it? You, people come, they fall in love with Iceland and then they fall in love with an Icelander. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then the rest is, I, I guess, history. Uh, and you are a journalist, of course. You've spent some time writing uh, yes. here, here in Iceland as well. So um, keenly following what's been happening over the course of the last week, which is handy for this show, I guess, isn't <laughs> yes. it, really? Let's start with Sverre Thor Gunnarsson, who has been arrested in Brazil. Two arrest warrants were issued and the other Icelander had already passed away. Sverre Thor Gunnarsson is a convicted drug offender and he has been arrested again in Brazil and is alleged to be at the, the heart of this drug ring. This is a big story. Yes, and it was a huge operation, it sounds like. You know, his... Network. Does I understand a, a cell that sort of broke into two parts and he's alleged to be running one half of it? I yes, think. he's been in trouble before. He was sentenced for previous drug offences in Brazil. He got 22 years in prison uh, in 2012. And a lot of people thought, well, why is he out then? But it, it seems that he behaved well and served less than half of his sentence. Yes, and apparently that's normal for a first conviction in Brazil. Do you think that here, in a similar situation, deportation would be on the cards? I don't know, because um, I know there was a prominent uh, murder conviction a few years ago in that um, he was able to serve his sentence in his home country. And this operation called Match Point, and I'm, I'm not a tennis fan, but I understand that's the the point of the game where someone's about to become victorious. What are we reading into that, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I assume they um, felt like they had a strong case against him. Yeah, yeah. It just sounds like a quite an international operation too. So, A very sad story from uh, Mithyotha. And the parts, and maybe even parts of the country, affected by Scrapey, the outbreak in the outbreak in that part of the country, which is causing potentially twenty years of disruption. It's quite incredible, isn't it? The isolation measures that have to go into place when Scrapey is found. Oh yes, that's shocking. And um, you know, apparently, there's these holes in the fences that have been neglected for some time. Which was surprising. That's allowed animals to move around. Of course, there is now an absolute prohibition on, on, on that in the affected area. But there's a scrapey-resistant gene that has been discovered in some rams. Yes, I remember hearing something about that last year when yeah. they suspected another outbreak. And that's exciting. If they can turn that into um, some sort of treatment. One of the questions is surrounding how much money the government will put up. It's going to be expensive, isn't it? Oh, quite, yes. And, um, you know, if they have to slaughter a lot of these sheep, they're going to have to reimburse the farmers, which is just awful. Troisti Hjalmarsson, you're talking there about the, the fences. Yes. He's a spokesperson for those who farm sheep, saying that hundreds of millions of kroner, if not more, just fixing the fences. Yes. I mean, I was surprised that the fences were considered a public infrastructure, but, um, and I always thought farmers had a lot of sway within the Progressive Party. Plainly, all of the public has an interest in infected animals not being able to escape through broken fences. Absolutely. From the food minister to the minister of trade, motorists in Iceland are not getting the benefits of falling worldwide fuel prices. 
Uh, I mean, there was history of that. There was a huge case about 20 years ago of um, collusion within the market. So, <laughs> you know, it's possible it might be happening again. Lilia Alfredsdottir tying this, as you might imagine, to the fight against inflation, because she says to the oil companies, if you just take a bit less profit, that will drive prices down. And that has a positive effect on inflation. Yes. Do you think that call is going to be uh, heated? <laughs> um, I mean, if she did mention looking into price fixing, so that might uh, spook them into lowering their prices. Uh, but I mean, this is a small, still relatively isolated market. So, I mean, there's always going to be more cost, but it does seem like they're abusing that. Yeah. Well, Costco is what everyone points to because it came in mm -hmm. and started selling. I filled up at Costco about a week ago and it was about 20 kroner less a litre than I would have paid at the next most expensive fuel station. Yes, we usually do that as well. Uh, now, the one, I can't remember which company it is, but the one nearby also low, has very low prices, but it doesn't seem to affect the market outside of those two. Um, did you have a good Easter? Oh, yes, it was very nice. <laughs> Lots of chocolate, and seems Lots. like we're getting more. This is the first job I've had, which has which been a staff position, where I get holidays. Mm. So the, <laughs> the idea of taking time off, and I'm not one who would, you know, celebrate or commemorate Easter for the traditional religious reasons, but I've, I've never had Easter off. It's a big thing here, isn't it? Oh, yes, because, uh, I mean, I think my husband had three days off, and uh, yeah. the whole family got together, and we had a, you know, a lovely time. And... Lots of chocolate eggs consumed, as you say. Oh, yes. Very many. <laughs> so none left over then? <laughs> uh, well, there's a few, I think. There's a few left. Because there are some left over. Mm -hmm. um, the ones that were not sold. And the marketing development director of uh, Noah Sirius, one of the big confectionery companies, Helga Beck, talking to Ruve last week about the possibility of those chocolate eggs being sold cheap at pop-up shops. Yeah, it seems like a great idea. Would you be in the queue? <laughs> uh, oh, no, my husband would. I'm actually allergic to chocolate. Oh, well, <laughs> that's really unfortunate then. Yeah. Okay, well, um, all, all the more for him, I guess, yeah. by the by the sounds of it. Um, th these eggs, though, the, the, there are some that didn't sell. Uh, they, they might yet be resold in pop-up shops. They might be melted down mm -hmm. and reused, and some might go to charity. The bottom line is that no one needs to worry that the eggs are going to go to waste. Yeah, that's great. No one's going to tip these into landfill. I guess something that makes the recycling of the eggs or the melting down of the eggs easier is that there isn't much plastic inside them now. Yes. Yeah, I didn't, when we were cracking them open, I didn't notice much. There was a lot inside ours, actually. Oh, okay. More than I would have expected. Talking of not wasting anything, um, this might just be my favourite story of the week. I'm not going to pretend it's the most significant or anything, but but I, I really, 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 really like this. This is the story of Maria and Gunnar, who live in the north of Iceland. They have 23 huskies, which they have as pets and also as working dogs because they pull sleds but the huskies are now earning their keep in yet another yet another way aren't they yes uh, i didn't i never heard of this but it's uh, very interesting and um yeah like you say a good way to recycle in a way uh they're trimming the dog's hair and knitting it into um i guess scarves and such yeah yeah guna took a, a class in spinning yes um and uh it sounds like a <laughs> fun activity and uh it seems like they have plenty of supply to work yeah. with there's a, just a, a gorgeous video on the Rouve website where you can see and hear the puppies because five of these huskies are puppies. It's the next generation, I guess. Um, and the huskies are 
as I say, working dogs, but very much beloved pets as well. And they are living quite the life there. It, seems. <laughs> yes, it was very cute. <laughs> it is extremely cute. And we are hoping on the Roof English podcast service before too long to visit Maria and Gunnar and the 23 Huskies. <laughs> you aren't allergic to dogs, are you? No, no. Oh, that that's good. That's good because, I, that, you know, a lot of people are mm. and that would be a nightmare for them. So if, if you were to pick an allergy, you're going to take chocolate over dogs, are you? Yeah, okay. I suppose. <laughs> would you wear something made from, from dog hair? Oh, sure. I'd never considered it before, but no. uh, I don't see why not. Yeah. I assume that the hair is is washed and cleaned before it's used because dogs famously have got a very um, keen sense of smell and I, <laughs> I wouldn't want to wear a hat or a scarf or something made from dog hair and then have a dog be really offended by the fact oh, or the neighborhood husky come after you yeah exactly I, I hear they can move at quite a pace Colbain, thanks very much for going through the week in Iceland with me we're heading very much into the summer here in Iceland and it's the first time I've been through that transition from Winter to summer. I'm not a fan of summer. I much, much prefer when it is a classic Icelandic winter. You are blind. Yes. What does the change of of the season in that way mean to you? Because for those of us with sight, it's a very, very, very obvious change. Well, I do have some light perception, so I have to worry about um, the blackout curtains, you know. And like this morning, the cat jumped in the window and knocked it and (laughs) woke me up early. (laughs) Uh, Colbain Dalrymple, thank you very much for your time on the Roof English podcast. Thank you. My name is Darren Adam. You can get in touch anytime on email. We are english at ruv.is. Find us on Twitter and on Facebook as well.
You are listening to the Roof English Podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is English.